Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity Gorokov, your host, and today we have a remarkable guest who, is, who has dedicated her life to empowering women to take control of their lives and foster uh, healthy relationships. Allow me to introduce you to Catherine Hay. Catherine is a true women's empowerment and boundaries coach and the driving force behind Empowered to Be Your Best. With an unwavering commitment, Catherine guides women on a transformative journey of self-discovery, helping them establish crucial boundaries in both their personal and professional spheres. In a world where demands and expectations can often feel overwhelming, Catherine equips women with the invaluable tools they need to set firm boundaries. Through her expertise, she paves the way for a life free from resentment, stress and overwhelm, allowing her clients to truly thrive. Catherine's mission revolves around enabling women to confidently say yes to the endeavors that align with their passions and values, while unapologetically uttering a resounding no to anything that detracts from their well-being and aspirations. Catherine's approach is rooted in fostering self-affirmation and empowerment, her guidance goes beyond mere instruction. It is a transformative experience that opens up new avenues of personal growth and authenticity. By joining us on today's show, Catherine is set to share her insights and wisdom, shedding light on the power of boundaries in creating a life of purpose and fulfillment. So without further ado, let's delve into this crucial conversation about boundaries, empowerment, and the journey to becoming our best selves. Welcome, Catherine, to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. We are truly honored to have you here with us today. Thank you, Gemma. I'm, I'm honored to be here. It is so, so amazing. So, Catherine, my first question for you. What kind of abuse did you overcome to become that boundaries and empowerment coach? Um, I actually have experienced two instances of domestic abuse. Um, I actually was very young when um, the first situation occurred. I was, I met my ex-husband when I was only 18 and um, I became pregnant at 19 and by uh, the age of 22, we were separated or I'm sorry, we were divorced, but, and I was already had been um, an abused wife. So uh, the second situation was when I was um not too long after that, I actually uh, met him when I was only 23 and um, I became pregnant with my second son at uh, 24. And, and then I left him when our son was only two years old. So um, I, part of that, my, you know, my thoughts afterwards was, why did I get into not just one abusive situation, but then went and got into another one? 
you know, not too long after that. So I, um, I, I did a lot of thinking, you know, about that and a lot of uh, as much introspection as you can do at 26. So, and, and realized that, uh, you know, as I say, it takes uh, two to tango. And what I mean by that is in no way was I responsible for the abuse that I had suffered. But what, um, what I meant is that I thought about what made me stay or first get into and then stay in that relationship. What was it about myself? And so um, I had this epiphany that if, uh, if you felt good about yourself, uh, I didn't think that a person would get into an abusive relationship. It, and even if for some reason they did attract that kind of person, as soon as a person became abusive, they would walk away. So what makes someone stay and put up with the abuse? And then, and also, you know, a lot of women keep thinking, oh, um, you know, he's going to change. He's going to get better. It's not going to happen again. And, and, you know, and some of them do profusively apologize and, oh, I'm sorry and blah, 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 and seem sincere. So um that that was the one of the things that really got me thinking and then the other thing was i thought um you know my my friends and family must be tired of you know listening to uh, me talking because i did talk to them some people don't share it but i did talk to them and, about the abuse and they must have been tired of hearing me talk about it and, uh, and not do anything. And as I know, it, it's not that it, people say, why don't you just leave? Well, no, it's, it's not that simple. It's, it's complicated. But um, again, that thought that if I had felt good about who I was, I wouldn't have been in that situation. And obviously <laughs> if I was empowered, I would have empowered myself out of there. <laughs> so, um, you know, those are, those are, I think the two things that really made me think. Um, but it seems a catalyst for me, um, was in the second abusive relationship. My children were two and six years old. And I thought, I don't want them to grow up around this. Um, you know, I, I don't want them to grow up and, you know, be like this because they've been around this or, you know, whatever it, and obviously it's a, a very uh, bad scenario. And, and that I think was the real impetus for me finally leaving um, and, and the second person and then not going back. Um, actually, statistically, people do go back um, seven times before they finally leave. And um, I call that the seventh time is the charm <laughs> instead of the third time. Yeah. Um, well, the important thing is that you do leave, but obviously the, the sooner you leave, the better because, um, you know, well, and I'm talking about my experience as a woman, men tend to escalate. So, and, um, there's always that danger of 
you know, actually dying from the abuse if it's severe enough. So, um, you know, that's my experiences were, I've heard so many, you know, stories of um, women who've been through way more than I have, but I've also learned from them and there was some to not negate my own experience. Um, and actually the physical abuse is, is um, less detrimental than the psychological, the mental and emotional abuse stays with you a lot longer. And I always equated after I left um, to that to like trying to climb out of a deep pit. So, um, you know, there's, there's so many, again, reasons why I went into that, why I stayed in that. But um, I think one thing that actually helped me, strangely enough, was in college. I went back to school when I was 26 after I left the abusive relationship. And I did a paper on um, why men abuse. And it was really elucidating because um, it also, I looked at the um, society as a whole and their, their part, you know, in that. And even in the Bible, it says uh, that it's okay for a man to beat his wife with a stick no bigger than his thumb or something. Yeah. Oh, and I heard that's like, what? <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, I know, there's there's a lot contributing to it. And that's why I say, when people say, oh, why don't you just leave? And if you've never been through it, I can understand why people ask that, you know? And I mean, it's a perfectly reasonable question, but as I said, it's a lot more complicated than that. And I am really grateful that I finally, yes, I did leave and um, I, I stayed away and I have never been in, in uh, an abusive relationship like that ever since. And um, I'm now 67, so it's been a long time. <laughs> That's amazing. Good for you. So thank you, Catherine, for sharing all of that. It's really showing that going straight back into a relationship just when you left a first one does not mean that you are healed from the problem. Knowing and recognizing abuse is one thing. Healing our own being, our own habit to be a victim, that is the inner work that must happen in order to stop attracting them over and over again. And that is the work you started to do after leaving for the second time with two children this time. So congratulations and kudos to you to have been able to leave completely behind this entire part of your life and to then really commit your life in healing yourself, transforming enough, Build a life with stability, with consistency, with love, with harmony, with respect, so that your children may grow and did grow in a healthy household. That's amazing. Thank you.
So I understand that the, the catalyst to say stop to the abuse, the shift moment is when you realize that you did not want your children to be around domestic abuse anymore, that you did not want them to learn that as being the norm. Exactly. Can you maybe walk us through the few steps that you had taken a long time ago? I recognize that. Between the moment you make the decision and the moment you were gone, did you try to leave seven times as well or not? No, I um, actually left and I never went back. Um, the event that happened that um, made me finally, you know, determined to leave and set the steps in motion is um, that uh, my son's father had come home and he had gotten really upset um, about something and he had started um, abusing me, hitting me and and uh, then he all of a sudden ran upstairs and went, got in his closet. And the reason I was terrified is he, we had separate closets. He had told me he had a gun. Of course, I'd never seen it. So when I heard him up there rooting around in the closet, I grabbed my son. Um, he, my oldest son was visiting his father. And I grabbed my two-year-old and... I ran out onto the patio where it was really dark and we had a combination lock and I was crouched down holding my son in the dark trying to do the combination and I heard him running down the stairs and I was so terrified and I ran to my neighbor's house and so um and that was I also had him arrested I called the police and had him arrested and from that day forward I started looking for a place to live, you know, of course, without letting him know, but, and I, and my mother was really instrumental in helping me, you know, to leave and all of that. But that was what, um, you know, that was truly terrifying. And so I really put the steps in motion at that point and, and was determined to leave. So there is one super important element I hear in your experience that our listener can take for themselves. In your case, the fear of dying from a gunshot from your abuser was bigger than the fear of leaving and stop people pleasing and stop complying with anything and everything he would ask you to. And as that bigger fear actually was stronger than the fear of, um, of leaving. You were able to make that decision and go through the motion, go through the steps to actually find another place to live. And that is important. So when someone in the audience is still in that abusive relationship and regularly it's never every day we know that it's not all dark or all rosy we know that but when there is that next crisis coming along um 
to actually dare to get the person arrested, to actually dare to seriously consider, well, I'm not going to stick around any longer. And I remember one of our guest speakers, she also came up with that um, with that idea of uncoupling love, because when you are in love with your soulmate, but there is a huge mental health issue that creates havoc in the couple, you can be soulmate all that you want, you can love that person all that you want, it is dangerous to stay around, therefore you leave. And that way of loving yourself and loving your children first, before the other person allows you to make the decision to actually pack up and leave and find another way, another place to live and to experience life uh, without constant triggers and constant abuse and constant domestic violence as you did experience. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. It. Um, I think that if you need, well, if it's, if being abused is not compelling enough um, for, you know, for you to leave, because yeah, of course you have that fear there, but if you have children, that's a bit even more compelling reason. You want to protect them. You don't want them to be, you know, in, in danger, but whatever your, your reason is, um, it, takes tremendous courage to leave and um you know you ha you have to forgive yourself if you don't leave right away or if you leave and you go back um don't give up you know keep uh keep trying but also the biggest compelling thing as you said is loving yourself you, despite what your abuser might say or do, you are amazing. You are worthwhile. You deserve to live a good life. And sometimes when you're in that uh, situation of just surviving, it's almost like being in a movie or something. And when you get out of it, you're like, oh my God, I can't your perspective is different. You're going, I can't believe I lived that way. Um, in, in it's the, in the sense of, of freedom of being able to breathe, of not constantly being in fear. You know, those, those are all really, really important things. But again, when you're just trying to survive, you do what you have to do. Um, but keep doing that. Keep doing what you have to do, but make a plan to leave. Yeah. You know, um, I, after I had him arrested, they held him overnight, but I had to stay with him for a while until I found a place. I had to, uh, when he was at work, go look for a place, you know, to live and, um, and, and do all the things that I had to do to, uh, actually I disappeared one day while he was at work. And it was um, a year before I let him know where I lived, even though we were in the same city. Mm -hmm. That's perfect.
this is how you can actually go about it, even though uh, it can be very scary for the abuser to one day discover that you are not here anymore. It's like, what? Where are you? What? What's going on? What? 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 <laughs> bring them into a frenzy and a, a big, big fear for their own stability. One of the biggest things that um, abusers go through, and this is why they apologize so profusely, is that fear of abandonment. They are so fearful to find themselves alone with themselves. That's just awful for them. Someone else has to be at the, at the receiving end of their burst of anger, frustration, and all kind of other emotions. Um, and because if they are just alone, they are, they are ending up hurting themselves and now they can feel the hurt. When these the others, they are completely disconnected from the hurt they are perpetrating, except that when suddenly they feel that they have gone too far, then they come back and say, sorry, 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 I promise I will never do that again. I'm such a bad person. I'm so sorry, sorry, sorry. And then it's like, huh. Okay, so is he going to see or is she going to change? May or may not. Most of the time not, but may or may not. You don't know. This is why there is a moment in time when you make that decision, that last call, and you set your boundaries, you call back your own power, you choose for yourself, you realize that you are the one saving you, not someone else. It's not someone else pulling you out of your relationship. It's yourself, you alone, stepping out and asking for help to stay out. But if you do not take the first step, nobody can pull you out of a relationship because you are going to go back there and to fight the help. And that is what that is why helping someone experiencing domestic violence requires a full and complete openness and commitment from the person who is abused to receiving help, to accepting support, to making taking the first step out, to go no contact. You know, you know that. Yes, absolutely. You know that. But I mean, of course. Yeah, it, that's absolutely true. And, um, you know, and, and no matter how many people you might have helping you out of that situation, it's ultimately you who's doing it. You know, I'm not saying to feel alone, but I'm just saying you're the one, as you said, you have to make that choice, make that decision uh, to leave. And yes, the abuser is terrified of being alone and they do everything they can uh, including isolating you from friends and family and also making you feel worthless so that you won't leave. They do all of those things to keep you from leaving. And so it's important to recognize that that's what is happening. It's not you. It's not about you. Um, the reason my ex went crazy and started hitting me that day was because I hadn't had a chance to call him at work and let him know that my oldest son's father was going to pick him up. Um, this was in the day before cell phones, and I couldn't make calls from work. I had a perfectly legitimate excuse, but he was um, 
high and drunk when he came home. And that was his reason for, you know, doing what he did. And there's always going to be a reason. And none of them, none of that is on you. It's completely on them. I did nothing wrong. Congratulations on having mastered the courage to recognize and to live because that was essential for your mental sanity, for your space, for your ability to actually foster a good and harmonious space for your children. All right. So you have become a empowerment and boundaries coach. Tell us more about that. Who are you helping and what are you helping them do? Uh, well, I work with women who are, um, and I think all of us are this way to an extent, but I'm talking about extreme case, um, who are people pleasers. So, um, and also, as you mentioned, they uh women are usually in love with their abuser. So women who are overly empathetic um, and they love too much, as you had said before, uh, for their own good. And um, I also focus on working with women over 50 years of age and older uh, because I believe you have gotten to a certain point in your life by that time that you are willing to uh, be more introspective, to look at yourself and, you know, what's going on with you. Um, I know I did that for, you know, many years when I was around that age, uh, not because I was in a physically abusive relationship, but I was in relationships with people who didn't appreciate me you know, who didn't treat me the way that I deserved um, and, you know, just weren't right for me. And so I did a lot of soul searching, you know, about that. And so self-development is an ongoing process. <laughs> yes, and, it's a never-ending experience. And it's very good that you have actually narrowed down your niche to make sure to say, okay, who do you want in your close circle that you are empowering and helping set boundaries so we said women over 50 years old people pleaser overly empathetic who love too much <laughs> right who love too much for their own good i understand that and what are you really helping them achieve i am you know, we throw around that word empowered a lot, but it it's an important word for a reason. When you are abused, you feel completely powerless. And uh, I mean, usually, well, as a woman, you uh, men um, are stronger than us. And um, so there's the, you know, the physicality of that. But uh, again, as I said, they they say things to make you feel like you're nothing. And that definitely makes you feel, you know, powerless. So it is really, really important part of that process. A start healing 
is to learn to empower yourself, um, to build up your self-esteem, and also, uh, uh, as I call it, the four pillars, the self-esteem, self-confidence, your self-worth, valuing yourself, and your self-respect, respecting yourself. Uh, I went through that a lot. I thought, well, you know, I do need to respect myself more um, so I don't get into these relationships with men that just aren't, you know, right for me and treating me the way that, you know, I should be. I deserve much more than that. And you really need to believe that. And obviously coming out of an abusive relationship, all of those things need, are going to need work. And that is what I focus, you know, on doing. Um, I believe that learning to set boundaries sets you free because otherwise you're at the whim of what others want from you. If you can't learn to you know, set those boundaries and be able to say no, as the book says, without feeling guilty. Exactly. Without feeling guilty and apologetically. Amazing. So we have a website for you, Empowered to Be Your Best. And I believe it's all letters of all the words. Yes. That's right. Okay. So there is no number two or whatever. <laughs> no. It's just like Empowered to Be Your Best. All the letters are there, dot com. You will find Catherine Hay and a Hay as is as in H A Y. That is the spelling of her last name. Catherine, not Catherine. So the second A is a, a letter as well as the first one. And um, she's available. Looking forward to meeting you. Connect. Making sure to say hello. Making sure to tell her that you come from uh, listening to the show or watching the show. And it's all win-win. We are all winning in that game. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me.